Matthew Pryor's The Ladle. Matthew Pryor, who lived from 1664 to 1721, was a poet and diplomat. Whilst he wrote public panegyrics and amorous odes, he is now mostly remembered for his light verse, especially his skill in two distinctly 18th century poetic modes, the mock heroic and the familiar verse epistle. As a young boy, Pryor was praised for his skill in classical languages, and this proficiency is apparent in some of his best-loved works. Pryor's poem The Ladle, written in 1703, is a fairly long narrative work based on a fable from Ovid's Metamorphoses. In Ovid's version, a rustic couple, Baucis and Philemon, are rewarded by their hospitality to the gods, Zeus and Hermes, by being saved from flood, and are eventually immortalised as an intertwining pair of trees reflecting their faithful love. Pryor takes this fable and makes it into a jus d'esprit that gently mocks the slight worthiness of the traditional three-wish story of Ovid's original. In the section I'm about to read, which is taken from near the end of the poem, the gods, Jove and Mercury, have come down from heaven disguised as ordinary peasants. They arrive at a country farm where an honest farmer and his wife offer to put them up for the night. Though poor, the couple are generous in their hospitality. The guests have finished feasting and are about to reveal themselves as gods to the amazement of their hosts. The grace cup served, the cloth away, Jove thought it time to show his play. Landlord and landlady, he cried, folly and jesting laid aside. That ye thus hospitably live, and strangers with good cheer receive, is mighty grateful to your betters, and makes e'en gods themselves your debtors. To give this thesis plainer proof, you have tonight, beneath your roof, a pair of gods. Nay, never wonder, this youth can fly, and I can thunder. I'm Jupiter, and he Mercurius, my page... My son indeed, but spurious. Form then three wishes, you and madam, and sure as you already had em, the things desired in half an hour shall all be here and in your power. Thank ye, great gods, the woman says. Oh, may your altars ever blaze. A ladle for our silver dish is what I want, is what I wish. A ladle, cries the man, a ladle? Odd Zooks, Corsica, you have prayed ill. What should be great you turn to farce. I wish the ladle in your arse. With equal grief and shame my muse the sequel of the tale pursues. The ladle fell into the room and struck in old Corsica's bum. Our couple weep two wishes past, and kindly join to form the last, to ease the woman's awkward pain, and get the ladle out again. In most printed versions of this poem, the word arse doesn't usually appear, so I've taken the liberty to fill in the blank. In a copy of a miscellany called The Pleasing Instructor, dated 1795, the poem has actually been pasted over. Clearly, by the end of the 18th century, 
Pryor had shifted from being an entertainingly moral poet to one who was unacceptably bawdy. Pryor's poem is very popular in miscellanies from the time. In the Digital Miscellanies Index, there are three entries for the full poem, which includes a moral appended to the end, and 19 entries without the moral, so it seems that readers generally preferred the rougher, less sententious version. There were different modes of translating this story in the period. John Dryden published his translation of the poem in 1700, and Jonathan Swift wrote a version in 1706. Pryor would have known Dryden's version, in which he emphasises the harmony of Baucis and Philemon's happy companionate marriage through the use of balanced heroic couplets. Command was none where equal love was paid, or rather both commanded, both obeyed. In Dryden's version, the couple wished to serve the sacred shrine of Jove and touchingly request that the gods grant them only one death so that neither partner will be left to mourn the other. Prior, in contrast, focuses on disharmony and the trials and infelicities of married life. The husband is incredulous that his wife, presented with three wishes, chooses a boring old ladle. Why not some bottomless barrels of beer? An endless supply of gold? Samuel Johnson wrote that Pryor's tales were written with great familiarity and great sprightliness. The merit of such stories is the art of telling them. The section we've heard exemplifies Johnson's judgment. There's an exuberant inventiveness and energy to Pryor's writing and an extemporaneous feel to the movement of his verse that matches his reverent tone perfectly. Coupling ladle with prayed ill is just one example of Pryor's dexterity with unexpected rhythm and rhyme. Pryor now lies in rest in the poet's corner of Westminster Abbey. He helped design his own monument, a work that he dryly called this last piece of human vanity. This comment encapsulates Pryor's appeal as a poet who mocks man's affectation and revels in the risque comedy of human imperfection.